what will it take to see personal revival? How should I respond to God as He's speaking to my life in these days? Here's, here's a statement, get honest. Welcome to the One Cry Podcast, a nationwide call for spiritual awakening. The goal, accelerating the movement of God through sharing revival truth, stories, and reports. And now, your hosts, Bill Elif and Kyle Reno. Well, welcome to the One Cry Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle Reno. This is Bill Elif, and we're just honored to be on this journey with you. And we hope that each week God speaks something specific to you. And just to let you know, through the course of these episodes, there'll be some revival truth. I mean, what it, what really is revival? But also some reports, some stories of wow. things that are happening out there. And today we're continuing in the series we started last week of seven responses that you see, biblical responses to sort of position your life for a real move of God. And today we're going to talk about honesty. Mm. And uh, hey, come on now. Yeah, it gets real right here. <laughs> it gets yeah. real real quick. Now, you come from like a legacy of faith, Bill. Like oh, yeah. you have your dad, I mean, just so many family members in the Elif that have followed the Lord, brothers that are pastors mm-hmm. and sister that married a pastor. Yeah. So honesty was probably never an issue. Oh, in, yeah. In your no. home. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's so funny. Uh, everybody thinks with all the pastors in our family that we would be real spiritual when we get together, right. but uh, not always. <laughs> you know, when, when you talk about honesty, one of my dad's favorite stories was when my sister Sandy, who's the oldest mm-hmm. uh, of us, and she was in a high chair, and my dad, he said he made a serious tactical error, <laughs> and he put a gallon uh, jar back in the day that's, of peanut butter a lot of within butter. reach. Oh, wow. So he goes back, uh, he goes out of the room, and he comes back, and she is just covered. I mean, it's up her nose, it's in her ears, it's in her eyes, you know, two little fists just covered with peanut butter. And then Dad said, I asked the stupidest question. I said, Sandy, did you get in the peanut butter? And and she shook her head, no. And, uh, And then he said the second stupid question was, are you lying to me? And she shook her head no again. And he said, I just, you know, uh, suddenly the sinful depravity of man, you know. (laughs) It was playing out. It was playing out. And and I think we have this this problem with just being honest. I have to say, I mean, we've all experienced that. Mm -hmm. I mean, personally, and then if you have kids, you've seen those moments where your kids are really good at lying, you Mm -hmm. know, and it just comes out of them. And, And the Lord wants us to see something about ourselves. You know, and and one of the ways that we position our lives is when we get honest with God. Mm-hmm. And so take some time, Bill, and teach us about that. You know, one of my favorite uh, psalms is Psalm 32. And this was written by David uh, after he had committed uh, grievous sin with Bathsheba and then been confronted by uh, Nathan the prophet and uh, finally admitted his sin. And he comes in Psalm 32, and listen to what he says. How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and whose spirit there's no deceit. And then he kind of tells a story. He said, when I kept silent about my sin, these things happened. First of all, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. In other words... There was emotional deterioration. Mm. You know, have you ever been 
had something in your life that's just not right between you and somebody else or not right between you and God, you, you just find yourself sighing all the time. You find yourself just groaning. It, it just it depletes your emotional energy when you're carrying this weight of unconfessed sin and, and deceit about your sin. So there was emotional deterioration. Secondly, there was physical deterioration. He says in the next verse, day and night, your hand was heavy upon me and my vitality was drained as with the fever heat of summer. Uh, yeah, I think of when uh, you go out on a hot summer day and you mow the lawn or something and you come in and you are just wiped out. You, you just don't have any more energy to do anything. You need to rehydrate and all of that. Uh, Spurgeon said, uh, better a world on your shoulders like Atlas than the hand of God on your soul like David. Uh, God presses down. When we're, not, when we're playing games with him, when we're being dishonest with him, this, God puts pressure on our soul because he knows this won't work. He, he knows that in our pride, if we think, well, I can hide, I can cover. Uh, here's how he says it in Proverbs 28, 13. He says, he who uh, covers his sin will never prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes his sin we're all, we'll always find mercy. So when we keep silent, when we're, when we're just lying about things, when we're dishonest about our sin and our need, there is emotional distress, there's physical deterioration, and there's tremendous spiritual deterioration. There's something just not right between us and God. And, you know, when one of my kids has done something and they know it, uh, they distance themselves from me because they know if, if, if uh, they get too close to dad or mom, then the truth is probably going to come out and they're trying to cover and hide it. And that's the worst thing that they could possibly do. Now, now listen to what David said, though. He said in verse 5, I acknowledged my sin to you and I said, my iniquity, I will not hide. <laughs> so he came, he came clean. Now it took the, it took the prophet uh, coming to him and confronting him about it, he, but he could have still covered. He could have still tried to hide or blame somebody else. But he just decided, David decided, you know, it's not worth it. I, I'm just going to get real. I'm just going to get honest with God and tell him, acknowledge what I did and confess my sin to God. And beautiful things began to result. All the right kinds of things. Because God is a merciful God, and he is full of loving kindness, uh, so much so that he sent his son to pay the penalty for our sins so we could be forgiven. And so it says in verse 5, I acknowledge my sin to God. My iniquity, I said, I will not hide. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And then this little statement. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. <laughs> in other words, it was just like, oh, that's all I, I needed to do. That's what you were waiting on is for me to get honest. And, and we see the word that's used to describe the honest man is blessed. Here's how he says it in verse 1. How blessed is he 
whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered, and whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. In other words, he doesn't lay it on his ledger, on his account. And in whose spirit there is no deceit. So just think of the blessings of honesty. He's forgiven. He's, his sins are covered. He doesn't have anything on his account between him and God or him and others. And he, he's not carrying anymore that deceitful spirit that just tries to cover and hide. So when we think about what, what will it take to see personal revival, how should I respond to God as he's speaking to my life in these days? Here's, here's a statement. Get honest. Just get honest. And quit, quit blaming somebody else. Quit hiding and covering your sin. And I know, Kyle, for me personally, I remember when God brought me back to himself in one of the greatest moments of spiritual revival of my life. I was, I was a young man, and uh, God just broke me. And, and my dad counseled me. He said, I want you to take a sheet of paper and write sin list on the top, put a number one, and say, Lord, just show me anything in my life. Well, I filled up seven pages front and back of a, of a legal pad. And then my dad very wisely said, now circle those where you have sinned against somebody else, because you're probably going to need to go clear your conscience with them. And uh, I have, it changed my life because right. I just got completely honest. I remember the last phone call mm -hmm. that I made and the absolute freedom. Right. And if you were to ask me, when was the last time I made a sin list like that? It was last week. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just been the regular habit of my life mm -hmm. because we can cover stuff up That's pretty right. good. And uh, I need to constantly sit before the one who knows everything That's right. and let him remind me of those areas that I'm trying to cover and hide. Wow. You know, I'm just thinking as you're sharing, think of those moments in my life where God finally got me to the end of myself and I got honest enough with him mm -hmm. to get the help I really needed. Yeah, you know, he's, he's not, waiting to help you. <laughs> he's not trying to hurt me. No. He's really wanting to help me. But I, I think about people that I've even counseled with, with mm -hmm. and you just, something's off, mm -hmm. but you just can't quite get your hands around it. Mm -hmm. Like you, like, we've prayed with you, like we've we've mm -hmm. spent time with you. And you're you're moving all around the issue, mm -hmm. you know, because there hasn't been this moment of honesty. And it's that what David said it's that spirit in whose spirit, yeah, there's no deceit, right? It's that spirit of deceit, right? That you can you can sniff that out, right? If you're discerning, right? Uh, and it's just a killer, yeah. like you say. It's the very one right. who can help you, yeah, right? You're holding it at yeah, arm's hiding. length by your dishonesty. Yeah. You, you the, the, the since the garden. Yeah, the tendency of man is to hide from the God that we need to be honest with. Right, and if you get honest, then you'll get help. Yeah, and the funny thing is, he knows anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. He already right. knows. He's walking into the room. Yeah, and he's saying, "Hey, let's let's talk about that." Right, and I know, Bill, we have a great pastor mm -hmm. that has a story about that. Yeah. I mean, what does it look like? Honesty, how it's played out in previous seasons of his life. So we're going to take some time here and really hear this story from an awesome pastor. Wow, Kyle and Bill, once again, I just can't tell you how much God is using your teaching on revival themes uh, to minister to my own heart and to the heart of many. We're getting feedback, as you know, Bill and Kyle, from 
all over the world, really, of how God is using these One Cry podcasts. And today we're on the theme of honesty. Thank you for uh, uh, touching our hearts through the Word of God with your teaching on that. And we know we talk a lot about this, Bill and Kyle, about uh, there's power in the Word, but there's power in a life message as well. And I know many of you viewers and listeners to this podcast are, are pastors and Christian leaders. And that's why today to illustrate best, I think maybe uh, the most impacting way possible is to ask a pastor to just get honest and share his story of honesty. And that's why I'm so delighted today to have uh, Greg Simmons, uh, who I first met Greg in Borger, Texas. Correct. And Texas is a big state, right? Yes, sir. So I think that's up north. It uh, is. Texas. Up in the panhandle. In the panhandle. And I remember so vividly stepping into your church and um, just kind of preparing the congregation for what mm. may be coming when a revival team shows up. Mm. And uh, I just loved you from the get-go and uh, thank the Lord for what he did in your heart through honesty. So what I'd like to do for our listeners today on this podcast is if you would just begin by saying a little bit uh what brought you to that place of honesty on a personal level? Mm. And uh, what did that look like? So a little bit of your story of, of honesty. Sure. Thank you so much, Byron, for the opportunity to share. Back in the mid-1990s, I was pastoring up in the Texas Panhandle. I was a young pastor. God had graciously placed me in a very significant church in that area. I'll be honest, there were folks in my church who just weren't getting it. They weren't really obeying the, you know, the word and, and tuning in like they should. And I had heard about this ministry of life action, how they would come in and lead a 15-day conference. And I thought to myself, well, these folks won't listen to me, so I'll bring a team in and they'll work on them for 15 days and then maybe they'll uh, say yes to the Lord. Well, we were about four or five days in when I realized mm -hmm. that Life Action came to First Baptist Border, not for anyone else necessarily as much as for me. Well, it begins with me. It begins with absolutely, that. brother. God's conviction yeah. in heart. Yeah. So for me, the uh, journey to honesty began with getting honest with myself. Mm -hmm. I had to be honest about a secret sin mm -hmm. in my life. Yeah. I had not been guarding my eyes. Yeah. I had been uh, viewing things that were inappropriate, and as a result, thinking thoughts yeah. that were inappropriate. That was a secret sin. As the week progressed and God's conviction became more intense, I confessed to the Lord. And then I sat down and I had a conversation with my wife. And let me just say, if you're struggling in this area and you're married, this is the first conversation that you need to have is with your wife. And I shared with her where I'd been struggling and my failures, and she graciously forgave me. Mm -hmm. It was a great, great moment in our marriage of healing mm -hmm. and a redemption. A few more days passed, and I set her down again. And I said, you know, this struggle that I've had, this failure in my life, I believe that I'm going to need accountability. Mm -hmm. And so I told her, I feel like I need to share this publicly with our church. And I told her at the time, I didn't know how this would go. This was a very significant church, a, a, a wonderful heritage, uh, tremendous uh, pastors that had preceded me. I wasn't sure they would want damaged goods in the pulpit, but I knew that I needed to be honest with the congregation. So again, this journey of honesty begins with getting honest with ourselves and then honest with God. And then as God leads, honest with others. 
Well, I chose the Sunday following our 15-day meeting. And again, God had done an incredible work over those uh, 15 days. That meeting actually extended to 18 days. Folks just didn't want to stop meeting, and the team finally had to move on down the road. Well, that next Sunday, I uh, caught my staff before the service, and I told them uh, at the end of the service, uh, I'm going to share something, and then I'm going to leave the room, and I need you, my associate, to close the service. So as we came to the end of that service that day, I shared with my church what I've just shared with you, that uh, I've had a significant failure in this area. I've confessed, Patty's forgiven me, and then I uh, ended with this invitation. I said, I know there are other men out there who are struggling in this area. And I said, uh, I'm going to leave the room. I'm going to go back to our church parlor, and I'm just going to wait there. Mm-hmm. If you're struggling in this area, I need accountability. Mm-hmm. You need accountability. Just come meet with me, and let's see what God does. Okay, I want to pick up from there in just a moment. Sure. And uh, what transpired after that when you gave that invitation for others to get honest, mm-hmm. really. Um, but, but you said you got honest with yourself, got honest with God, got honest with yourself, mm-hmm. got honest with your wife, mm-hmm. and then sequentially you got honest with your church staff, mm-hmm. and then honest with the congregation. And, uh, and, and then you made a statement. I know there are others out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you're listening to this podcast, uh, Kyle and Bill just finished uh, some teaching on this topic. And this is on the calendar uh, earlier this week. Uh, so when you're listening to this, if you're doing on the release date of Tuesday, uh, a previous Tuesday evening, Kyle, your wife, Katie, uh, was on the One Cry prayer cast. And she was the first one, Bill, your wife's Holly, asked her to uh, pray. And she began weeping. Uh, I'm just telling you, she wept Mm. and wept and said, just within the last week, Kyle and I have had two or three pastor Mm. friends who contacted them desperately in need Mm. because of that pastor's involvement in pornography. Mm. And so this isn't like you just said, Greg. This isn't some isolated pastor out there. Yes. This is common. And to hear Katie just pour her heart out for those pastors, mm-hmm. I just can't tell you how meaningful that was to mm-hmm. me to hear a pastor's wife praying for the husbands mm-hmm. and what they're struggling with. But it's one thing to experience personally. And but what I love about personal revival, God doesn't want to stop it there. That's right. He wants to use our story uh, to touch others mm-hmm. and expand yes. that truth of honesty. So pick up from where you left off on your story there. So I'm standing back there in our church parlor and it seems like it was an hour. It was only just a few minutes. Mm-hmm. First one through the door was one of our deacons mm-hmm. and uh, came up, hugged me, said, Pastor Greg, I'm struggling too. We're gonna get through this together. Mm-hmm. And another and another and another. And before it was done, 65 men were standing yeah, 65. in a circle. 65 men standing there in a circle. Many were weeping, taking our first steps again into a more freedom. And so that began to reignite the spark that we had experienced mm-hmm. during our 18 days uh, with the team. It was uh, uh, an an opportunity for me to begin to invest in men in the church Mm -hmm. and begin to see God do an ongoing work. No question about it. And then, uh, you know, I called the uh, revivalist who'd been with us and I shared with him because I was so excited what God had done. And let me just say, I share these things to my shame. I, Mm -hmm. I, I feel terribly shameful for what I did. And yet God was so gracious in his forgiveness and his redemption. It could have gone much differently, but God was so gracious Mm -hmm. in what he did. 
So I learned there again the value of honesty and the value of being willing to be transparent with others. Wow. So as I called our revivalist and we were rejoicing, next thing I knew, I think I heard from you or someone here in the ministry and you all seeing value again in what God had done gave me a platform literally around the country. Sure. You would fly me into meetings sure. in different places where I was able to share our story over and again. There was, a, I remember, a pastor's meeting in our denomination, and I had the opportunity there again to share with uh, fellow pastors what God had done and the freedom that comes when we stop allowing our secrets wow. to hold us in captivity. Wow. When we're willing to get honest with ourselves, honest with God, and then as he leads, honest with others. Wow, there's so much here going through my heart and mind. And, and Greg, I've heard you teach and others that the power of the bondage is found in its secrecy. That's correct. So when you talk about getting honest in an area like that and the freedom that comes, the bondage that is lifted, the chains that are gone, uh, that creates hope, doesn't it? I'm yes, sure in all the pastors you've talked to and it other does. leaders. And, and then I, I wish we had time today, too, that we could uh, talk to uh, Patty, your wife, mm -hmm. and hear her response when you first shared with her. You talked about she was so filled with grace and forgiveness, but also um, how she responded as she knew the, the, the necessity of to whom much is given, much is required. And that our confession then is as broad as our transgression, mm -hmm. which in your case included the congregation. Mm -hmm. But then incredible ministry that flows out of that. And uh, I, I guess, Reggie, if you would just look at our audience real quick here, and you could say just one final word to pastors, if you're a pastor, to husbands, if you're listening, no matter what your vocation is. And... Uh, yeah, just what would you want to say if you had to say they're going to leave with just one thought? What would that thought be? Sure. I want to share with you again the power of transparency. I know for anyone, it's hard for us to be honest, especially with our sin, our failure. I know for a pastor, it's even more challenging because there are people in your congregation that might and probably will use that against you. So I understand the, uh, the fears. I understand the apprehensions. But I would say to you, there's such power in transparency. And the people in your congregation who really love God and love you, they will respect you more, not less, because of your willingness to be honest. And I think of, in closing, Bill, Kyle, Psalm 85, 13, righteousness goes before him and sets us in the way, in the steps of, uh, of his presence. Righteousness goes before him and sets us in the steps of his power and presence. And that's exactly what you're saying. Yes. So thank you, Kyle, Bill, and uh, so grateful for life messages like this all across the nation and world. I have files of them and uh, hearing and responding the way Pastor Greg did today. So thank you. Well, there's just no substitute for honesty, is there? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, and and if we see revival in some church mm -hmm. or some life, uh, you can just know for sure That's right. that somebody has gotten real yeah. with God and real with others. That's and right. again, we always want to challenge you on the podcast not to be a spectator, right. but a participant. Yeah. Well, where's the Lord speaking to you about being honest? Mm -hmm. Maybe you need to get honest with the Lord. Maybe you need to get honest with your mate. Mm -hmm. 
Maybe you need to talk to a coworker and just share something that's that you need to get off your chest and you need to clear your conscience. So we want to challenge you to do that today. And uh, it could be that God wants to use you as an instrument of revival, hmm. but it begins with real honesty. So Kyle, why don't you lead us in prayer yeah. and I'll close yeah. and join us as we pray together yeah, about do. this very thing. Lord, I just ask, turn the light on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord, many of us are very aware of things we need to be honest about, honest with you and honest with others, mm-hmm. but we're probably unaware of many things that you just need to bring to the surface. So I ask, Spirit of the living God, come and search every corner of our heart. Mm-hmm. Come and bring things to mind. Help us to see. Put your finger on some areas of our lives to set us free. Mm-hmm. God, I pray that even now that every listener would know that that you're not doing this because you're wanting to hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord, you're doing this because you really want to help. God, you want to set us free. You want us to experience you, Mm -hmm. uh, Lord, more fully. So, Lord, I pray you would do a work even now. Turn the light on. Mm -hmm. Lord, we think of uh, David's prayer in Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there's any hurtful way Mm -hmm. in me. Uh, And then lead me in the everlasting way. And so, Lord, that which is hurting us is our sin and our dishonesty. And I pray, Father, that uh, there wouldn't be a person that's listening to this podcast, including uh, Kyle and myself, who wouldn't uh, let you examine our heart. And and we would agree with God about our condition. And, Lord, help us to understand that's the only pathway to real forgiveness and cleansing and liberation Mm. in our lives. So, Lord, we pray for a a revival of honesty Mm. in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, so helpful, Kyle, to just think about this, you know, and just kind of bring it back to center in our on-the-radar screen of our (laughs) spiritual life. And uh, we want to thank you again for joining with us and want to encourage you uh, as you're listening or watching to subscribe to this so you won't miss an episode. It comes out every week on Tuesday morning early. And uh, to like or make comments on there and just to share it with your friends. And then we want to encourage you to go to the OneCry website, onecry.com. Our featured resource this week is the One Cry book that Byron Paulus and I had the privilege of writing. There are six principles in there in the middle of that book that are consistent with every move of God. So uh, we want to encourage you to uh, get a hold of that, and you can find that on our website. Again, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. See you next week.